So good morning everyone. Uh, how do you all like the weather this season? Uh, nobody likes it. Okay. This morning uh, I woke up at 5:30 uh, just to pray and go through uh, go through the notes and uh, I already had a sports tight on, a shirt on and then uh, when I came down I had a sweater on and on top of that I put a bomber jacket on, a red color bomber jacket. I'm sitting there and I my mom comes out and she laughs <laughs> she's seeing this eskimo like person sitting there in the dining table and she's wondering she she had a good laugh yeah so we are going through uh, this uh, series uh, in acts and uh, you know um, the author is luke as we know and uh, when we looked last week you know charlie uh, kicked off the series uh, and uh, so we just turned to Acts 1 with me before we go to Acts 2 and you know the Acts of the Apostles is the first and uh, only book uh, in the New Testament which is related to church history right and uh, this is the book which uh, connects the gospels which uh, accounts uh, for our Lord Jesus Christ's life death and resurrection and connects it to the epistles which is these letters sent to various churches all around um that region around the mediterranean sea and and uh, all over that region right so this is a very critical book which connects all of that together uh, last week we saw that there is a uh, proof in his resurrection and we also saw that there is power in the holy spirit and uh, there is a hope in his return we saw that uh, with his ascension So in Acts 2 what we are going to see is Acts 2 onwards uh, what we're going to see over the next few weeks is this transition from Judaism to Christianity. And there's also a transition of who's the chosen people. The chosen people were the Jews, right? And now the chosen people is all those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And also the nation Yahweh being the god of the Jewish nation will now be the lord of every tribe and every nation so this is the transition we're going to look at and um let's look at acts 1 verse 4 in acts 1 verse 4 they were all assembled there together and um the lord commanded not to depart from jerusalem not to depart from jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which he would he said you have heard from me multiple times so Jesus saying you've heard of this multiple times so you know for this we also need to be refreshed on what is this multiple times and you'll see the right on top there are a lot of verses there which speak about our Lord Jesus Christ mentioning about this person who would come which is the holy spirit this is the promise of the father or the promise of the holy spirit so we'll look at just five verses there are many more verses but we'll concentrate on five verses due to the lack of time The first verse is John 14:15. In John 14:15, it says, "If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, he will give you another helper that may abide with you forever. He may abide with you forever." In 14 so in John where I hope you all are turning your bibles as well because these are uh, wonderful verses. You'll see some similarities in all these verses as I have called out there as well. In 14:16 it says but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that i have said to you in john 15:26 but i i will send to you the 
advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and he will testify all things about me. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. Now, not only is he saying somebody is coming. He's saying, hey, look, it's to your advantage that I am going away. Can you imagine in all these verses, if you look below, there is no response from the disciples. The disciples are not really questioning this. They, they don't understand it really. They're not really asking, what do you mean you're going away? We already saw that in the last few messages, right? And also on top of that, they're not even asking, who is this person who is going to come? No questions. They are, they are really confused and clueless. And here he's saying, he's taking it a step further. It is to your advantage that I'm going. Why? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You know, what a beautiful uh, statement, right? Lord Jesus is saying, I am going. It's not your disadvantage. It's an advantage because somebody else is going to come and be with you forever. And in Luke 24, 49, the last verse we'll see on the slide and move on is, this is this, this is similar to Acts one four, but this is the this is uh, when Luke actually mentions it, and immediately after this, the Lord Jesus ascends, right? And he says, "Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. You have to wait in the city of Jerusalem. You're not supposed to go anywhere else until you are endued with the power from the Most High, from with the power." From the Most High. In NLT it says, But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Beautiful promises, right? And then immediately a Lord is uh, ascends into heaven. And you know, these simple disciples are very confused on what all this is about. But yet, you know, they obey and they remain in, um, in Jerusalem. And you know why? Why would they? Why would the Lord uh, ask them to stay back in Jerusalem? Can you imagine Jerusalem? This is the city which hated the Lord Jesus, which put him on a on a on a very false trial, and took him just outside the gay city gates and put him to death. This is that very city which crucified the Messiah. This is the city where the disciples themselves turned chicken. Right? They all dispersed and ran away. Nobody stood firm. Not one of these who the Lord is giving instructions to stood firm. And yet after his ascension, they obey and they still remain in the city. And you know, this is the place where the Spirit of God was blasphemed and dishonored. And if you go to the next few verses in Acts 1 verse 8. In Acts 1 verse 8, our Lord Jesus uh, gives little more instructions there. You shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. How apt, right? The place where our Lord Jesus Christ was dishonored is the, is the starting place or the launch pad for his ministry. Is the launch pad when the Holy Spirit would come upon his disciples and take his ministry forward. forward. Jerusalem is where the gift of the Holy Spirit would be given to his disciples. It is where the gospel would be given to the Jews and the rest of the world. And then when we go further in Acts 1, 9 to 11, we see Jesus ascends. We learned that last uh, last uh, last week. And then this is 
40 days Jesus has been with them since the Passover, right? And then there's 10 more days for the day of Pentecost. So these 10 days, these disciples are waiting in Jerusalem. And what are they doing in these 10 days? And that you can see in Acts 1 verse 13. Acts 1 verse 13. I won't go through all the names, but you will see that when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. And you list uh, uh, all the disciples. And then in verse uh, 14, it also talks about the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with all his brothers. So there were a lot of people there. How many? Verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Along the number of names was about 120. 120 folks in a little room on top, in an upper room. It probably was, what, one-third the size of this? And there were 120 people gathered there. And they repeatedly gathered there. And they gathered there in prayer. Men and brethren, verse 16, Men and brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke. Now we come to the passage for today and we'll, let's turn to Acts 2. In Acts 2, verse 1, this is the day of Pentecost. As I said, 10 days have passed and they're all in one accord. If you look at verse 15, one more time, sorry, in, in, in Acts 1, verse 15, uh, there is in verse 13 I'm sorry I'm not able to find it but in uh, in one of those verses in 13 to 15 it talks about they were all there in one accord and this all there in one accord comes about 11 times in the book of acts 11 times because they always gathered together in prayer and supplication and we see that again in acts 2 in acts 2 verse 1 it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all there in one accord, in one place. Again, in the upper room, in prayer. And when they are there, you know, this is the day of Pentecost. And the day of Pentecost is, is a, like a harvest festival. It's a, it's a celebration of the harvest. It's a day of first fruits. It's a day when wheat has been harvest, harvested. And this is a celebration for that. And um, they offer first, first fruits on that day. And in Acts 2, verse 2, it says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. A sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. Some of your versions may say a violent wind. It was a phenomenon. It was very loud. And it filled the whole house. This is Jerusalem where you'll have a, a, a whole um, spread of houses. You know, usually a single floor or maybe single plus one. That's it, right? There's no skyscrapers. There's nothing blocking your view. So if anyone is in the terrace, anyone is in the streets, they're going to be seeing this. They can see a gush of wind coming down. They can feel it. They can hear it. And they see, why is it going? And, you know, it's only focused on this one house. And what is Pentecost, right? Pentecost is one of the three festivals with the Jewish people celebrated. And because of that, Jewish, devout Jewish people from all over the region, all around the Mediterranean Sea, everywhere, would come back. Those who were spread out, you know, when, when the Israelites were spread in, in the um, Assyrian Babylonian period, all these would come into that region for the day of Pentecost. And so this was not a normal day. There were many, many more people there in the city of Jerusalem. And all of them heard this. 
all of them heard this loud noise and it was filled filled this entire house where they were sitting verse 3 acts 2 verse 3 when they and there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and the and one sat upon each of them now we won't go get into how how powerful was this fire how small was the fire because it's just symbolic okay because as it says here it says as of fire it was just represented the holy spirit right even in the previous verse when it says a powerful wind that also in ezekiel 37 spoke of a of a wind which represented the spirit of god and here also the tongues of fire was just to visually give the 120 disciples an understanding that there's something divine happening here there's something really powerful happening here you know take up wake up and get pay notice to what is happening here and when this thing fell on them or, or came down upon them verse 4 says and they were all filled with the holy spirit they were all filled with the holy spirit so we'll pause there and we'll just try and understand right so pentecost is the offering of the first fruits of the harvest right and imagine these guys are waiting for the last 10 days wondering what's going to happen next and how apt that these believers now receive the holy spirit as their first fruit for their faith they waited patiently in that upper room and you know this is the first time these these believers now see the indwelling of the holy spirit and the filling of the holy spirit last week we spoke a lot about the filling of the holy spirit i was telling charlie he 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 said few verses and i think he took about 145 verses and uh, i don't think i have any content left uh, but he assured me there's much more and yes there is much more we can learn about the holy spirit so believers today you and me when do we receive the holy spirit right i'm sure all of us know this but let's be reminded that the holy spirit is also the first fruit in our lives the first day when we come immediately as we come to know christ at the point of salvation that is the first thing we will receive in acts 2 verse 38 you know we'll we'll go through that again also a little later which is peter right peter this this disciple who was meek gives a powerful sermon and that one part of his sermon in acts 238 peter says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit you will receive the gift of the holy spirit in second corinthians 55 it says no now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is god who has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come in in nkjv it says this slightly differently it says now he who has prepared us for the very thing is god who has given us the spirit as a guarantee the spirit is our guarantee the spirit is a deposit given to us guaranteeing our salvation guaranteeing our inheritance and one more verse we we'll look at before we move on is ephesians 1:13 to 14 in whom also having believed that is when you believed in christ you were sealed by the holy spirit you we have been sealed by the holy spirit with the with the holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance with the redemption of the purchased possession 
to the praise of his glory. Repent and believe. You know, that's all it means, right? Once we repent and believe, what we will receive is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's step back a bit and just understand who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not something which just lingers here and there. It is not something which is very vague. The Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is a person. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Helper, the Helper, very specific, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. Here we see Jesus saying that the Father will send a Helper, the Helper. It's a person. And he will teach you all things. You know, when... um, even when we look at the baptism, right? When uh, Jesus is baptized and when he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And we hear the Father, God the Father say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And we see three persons there. He is the comforter, the helper, the paraclete, the advocate, intercessor and wonderful counselor. He is a person Clearly, the Spirit is a person, just like the Father and the Son are individual persons. The Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 12. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 12 says, For no one knows the person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one can comprehend God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. The Spirit who is from God. In Acts 5, 3 and 4, we see Ananias and Sapphira, how they, they lie uh, about what they have done and you know they lie to the Holy Spirit. And Peter tells them, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart To lie to the Holy Spirit. And then later he goes down and he says, Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have lied not to men, but to God himself. To God himself. So Holy Spirit, who he lied to, is God himself. In Matthew 28, 19, in the Great Commission, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit. No, None of us can, can baptize in the name of someone who is not God and, and these are the three persons of God. You know, in John 14, 16 it says, I pray to the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. When Jesus says, I will, he, the Father will send you another counselor, the word another means just as I am, the same essence of what I am. We have, we have heard so many messages last year of how our Lord Jesus Christ is divine, right? He is God. In the same way, He is confirming also that the Holy Spirit is the same essence as me. He is God. Just as I am another counselor. And he will be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. 
when jesus calls him a, a counselor or comforter he is treating him like a person as a force not not like a force or not like a something ambiguous and when he says another counselor he is giving him credit that he is divine and that he is god ruach the breath of the almighty the breath of the almighty the spirit of god so the bible is explicit in various portions confirming that the holy spirit is god just as god the father and god the son trinity trinity means that there is one god who eternally exists as three persons one god who eternally exists as three persons the father the son and the holy spirit are three distinct persons each person is fully god there is one god i'll just repeat it as it is because in my feeble knowledge i do not want to mess it up and this has to be clear the father son and holy spirit are three individual distinct persons each person is fully god there is one god there is one god one god three persons holy spirit is god and the third person of the trinity holy spirit is god working in each one of our lives in perfect union in perfect uh, togetherness with god the father and god the son let's go back to acts chapter 2 verse 4 acts chapter 2 verse 4 says and they were all filled with the holy spirit this is where we left it off and they began immediately and they began this 120 people who were there in that room they were all began to speak in other languages as the spirit gave them utterance this is not gibberish this is not unknown languages these are known very very understandable clear languages which the holy spirit gave them wisdom to speak right remember i told you about pentecost and how Jews from all over the world in that region had come back for Pentecost to offer their praise and their first fruits. Verse five, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. They all came back. Verse six, when this sound occurred, this sound referring to the gushing wind, the 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 violent wind which everyone heard and came rushing. to that house to try and see what happened they were all there next to the house and the and were confused now the and were confused is a is a separate part altogether don't get confused they are not confused about the wind at this moment they are confused because they heard the disciples speak in their own languages and remember these disciples were galileans Galileans were from the north around the sea and i mean i will go far as to say they are almost like tribals they were very simple people very simple people they're not educated fishermen simple simple uh, employment and in the eyes of the other jews they were not sophisticated at all they did not give them much uh, they did not give them uh, much importance or respect and when we keep that in mind if we see verse 
they were all amazed and marveled saying to one another look not all these who speak galileans how come they are speaking our language clearly that is the doubt how is it that they are they are able to speak what we speak and you know from from verse 8 on to verse 11 it talks about so many people groups we won't go there because it's not really important at this moment but all these people groups from all over that region had come and all of them who are jews or proselytes all of them you know uh, uh, proselytes are ones who are not born jews but have become jews right and all of them who are there even arabs there are arabs there um from um from from regions who have now become jews all of them could hear their language very very clearly in their own language and that's again reiterated in verse 11 it says we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of god so they were not do- just talking to them you know how's how's the weather back back at home you know but they but they are preaching to them the 120 are preaching to the the group who came surrounding the house and telling them about the wonderful works of god and i'm sure that they are even sharing the gospel to them about our lord jesus christ and when as this goes in verse 12 suddenly these these the other folks are now re- starting to realize okay they are fishermen they are able to speak to us in our languages now this is going too far they are even preaching to us so and you know in in verse uh, 12 it says so they were all amazed and this time they're not marveling they're perplexed like what's happening right earlier at least there was a bit of marvel now it's a bit of perplexion and and a bit of irritation may be creeping in and they said to one another whatever could this mean what does this mean <clears throat> and they mocked and they said they're full of wine they're all drunk right and and as this happens peter is watching all of this and uh, you know i'll just read one verse before i, I read what peter says john 15:26 says the spirit of truth will come to you from the father and will testify all about me the spirit will give you wisdom to testify about jesus to others and peter here is this guy who's who's a, who's a disciple who ran away right who 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 uh, who denied the lord with oaths and uh, and and curses saying i don't know this guy but the first action of the holy spirit on peter was to give this disciple who's who was like a chicken made him bold a bold apostle like a lion and he stood up firm and quieten that entire crowd hey hold on and he and he gives his sermon right and we will learn more about this sermon next week but but you know it's it's a very powerful speech and and most scholars say it's it could not it, he may not have even given it in aramaic or in his own local language but it's most probable that he delivered it in in greek because that is what everyone could have understood that was the english of those days and for a galilean like a, you know like a tribal who knows only tribal languages to now suddenly come and speak in british english it would be shocking and people will take notice and this is probably what happened and when he when he gives this powerful speech everyone is listening in verse 38 peter says repent and let each one of you be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive 
the gift of the holy spirit the gift of the holy spirit this is the power of the gospel and the power of the holy spirit over each one of us we we too can be emboldened to preach the gospel and in verse 40 it says with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse generation and then those who gladly received the word and were baptized were 3000 souls 3000 souls were added to them and you know next to the temple they have this jewish mik mikwa i don't know how to say it but these are huge pools where they used to go and dip themselves fully immerse themselves cleanse themselves and then enter the temple there were lots of these pools available and tradition says that they that these 3000 would have gone that very same day and got baptized that is the power of the holy spirit in the life of peter and peter we will see more to come in the next 12 chapters on how god enabled this this feeble person to become truly the hero of the early church a galilean with with no background ha- now uses the holy spirit and and uh, leads the church forward in the first 12 chapters of acts of the apostles so we quickly go to few points on what are the acts of the holy spirit we we learned this last week as well and the first act and the fir- most important act is convicts the world of sin and that's exactly what we just saw peter do with those 3000 convicting the world of sin and when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment john 16:8 the holy spirit points to each one of us present here saying that we are a sinner and we need to be saved and those of you who are seeking those of you who come week on week and do not know our lord jesus christ do not know what he has done for you i'm sure you are you have this knowing sensation of of something trying to tell you that you need a savior and i pray that you will listen to that voice you'll listen to the holy spirit and accept the gift of the holy spirit by repenting and understanding that our lord jesus christ has died for the sins of each one of us present here the, the holy spirit is a gospel enabler right we sometimes think that we need to push 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 and and share the gospel to someone who is lost right and we take it upon ourselves we should we should share but it is the holy spirit who will convict and we should pray and request the holy spirit to work in the hearts more than the efforts that we put in to share the gospel the holy spirit indwells in us the holy spirit indwells in a god himself indwelling in us how beautiful how powerful right and you know it's it's sometimes we we wonder me in this in this dead creature there is god living in me really we do come across those doubts right but the lord wants to assure us that we are the temple of the living god and the spirit dwells in us the spirit dwells in us we have the assurance of salvation you know in in roman times when there was adoption they needed at least seven people to come and testify and be there to to confirm that this adoption is happening right and what does the word of god say to romans the book when paul writes to the romans he is using that to help the romans understand and he says in 816 the spirit himself testifies and confirms together with your spirit 
assuring us that we are believers and children of god whenever you have that doubt you know listen to the holy spirit who's who's reassuring you that you are a child of god and that you can fight the battles as a child of god in john 14:26 it says that i pray to the father he will give you another counselor to be with you forever to be with you he is with us and it's not a time bound forever perpetual it's a perpetual contract for eternity till the time that we will be in his presence we have this assurance that he will be with us forever the next point is that the holy spirit gives us a new life so he is convicted us of our sins he is dwelling in us and immediately what he does is washing and regenerating us renewing us with the holy spirit you know this this body which we have this life which we have we cannot cleanse ourselves there's no righteous acts possible where we can cleanse ourselves we need the holy spirit to regenerate us to wash us to renew us to have a rebirth in christ and next it produces fruit galatians 5:22 and 23 right these are characteristics we all are blessed with but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control and i hope that these abound in each one of us and the spirit is is working in us to bring out these christian values and characteristics on top of this we also have been given spiritual gifts in 1 corinthians 12 and i hope this is something you can take forward in the discussions in your cell groups you know each one of us have been given spiritual gifts no one can say we do not have any spiritual gifts we all have been given a spiritual a spiritual gift is given to each one of us to help each other not to help ourselves but is to help each other to work for the church to work for one another you know we are all on this mission we are all on this great commission and we cannot deny it and god has equipped us with everything that we need with everything that we need next the holy spirit gives us the power to serve christ the power to serve christ not only we have give, been given the skill sets and the characteristics but he will give us the power to serve him you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses acts 18 the holy spirit gives us power to be witnesses to those who are around us he will give us the words to say when we share the gospel you will be amazed when you start to share on where these words are coming from but can we put ourselves out there and be useful and allow the spirit to work in our bodies work in our lives it uses us to serve the holy spirit will push us to serve in the church and i hope and pray that you will listen to the holy spirit and when 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 brothers and sisters come and ask you for help to do something step forward and the holy spirit will give you the wisdom needed to serve the church persecution you know when there is persecution you don't need to worry right because the the lord god the holy spirit who is in you will give you the wisdom needed on what you need to speak on what you need to say and the holy spirit will embolden us in those situations the sixth point is the holy spirit will teach us the truth and eliminate 
the word to us you know many times we may pick up the bible and say i don't understand anything right i'm i'm not getting anything but are we trying to read this and understand this in our own wisdom or are we allowing the holy spirit to work in our lives are we allowing the are we praying before we open the bible are we understand are we requesting the holy spirit to open up our eyes and hearts to whatever we are reading are we using the right tools are we are we going and talking to our brothers and sisters who are elder and trying to get advice from them bro brother i don't understand what this means can you help me are we using anything and everything possible to understand the word of god in john 14:15 and uh, john 14:25 and 26 it says these things i have spoken to you while being present with you so jesus is saying when i was there i told you all these things you guys never remember everything anything how many times right he had to repeat things to them how many times he had to repeat himself and he used to get frustrated right because they're still growing they're still understanding but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to remember bring to remembrance things that i have said to you and this is the work of the holy spirit if we allow it if you try to listen to it i hope we listen to the holy spirit when we spend time reading the word and trying to understand more about him can you imagine we have a teacher with us constantly we have a guide with us constantly who is helping us understand the word he he is he is literally like a tuition teacher he's taken time outside of his work to be with us he's putting that extra effort to help us understand if only we could open up and listen to him and this master teacher which is the holy spirit not only uses he also uses you know faculty or other brothers and sisters to speak to you and you know i want to assure you that none of them are speaking out of their own wisdom none of them are trying to help you with the word of god with their own wisdom in every cell group and in every discipleship in every one on one it is the holy spirit who is enabling that person to speak into your life so i pray that you will listen to them with an open heart not questioning oh this guy acts as if he knows everything that's not the attitude you should go in to try and understand the word try and understand that it is the holy spirit using others to speak to you and teach you and help you understand who he is who christ is and what the lord has done for each one of us verse 7 power over temptation and sin power over temptation and sin look in in romans 8 you know we we often go to romans 8 when it talks about the struggles we have with our flesh right and the first a uh, verse in romans 8 says therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit that is the key are we walking according to the spirit or are we closing out the spirit saying no you know what i will lead my life the way i want it flesh i want to feed my flesh i want to feed my earlier man my older man i preferred that you know these christian values rules too much of a headache right i am not going to follow that i will follow this but lord god wants us to to listen to the holy spirit and if we allow the holy spirit to convict us and remind us what we are doing is wrong we will stop in what we are doing romans 8 verse 5 says those who are dominated by sinful nature think about 
sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit and think about the things that please the Spirit, so letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace. And I hope we allow the Spirit to talk, talk to our lives and and the Spirit will help us in our weaknesses and it will intercede for us. And in Romans 8.26 it says, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be entered. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. In our spiritual weaknesses, the Spirit will help us. Can go to the next point. The Spirit is our counsellor. You know, in, in today's day and age, we have so much of mental health issues, depression. Folks are struggling and battling within themselves, right? And we who are God's children, we have the Holy Spirit in us who is a counsellor, who is an advocate who can speak to our lives. He can give us hope and peace. I won't go through all these uh, verses due to lack of time, but I pray that we can do that in our cell groups. He will give us hope and peace, a joy and peace in beloving, and hope will abound in our lives if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. He'll give us strength and endurance in whatever troubles we're going through. He'll give us confidence to overcome fear, Overcome fear. You know, the word says, the word says, gives us power and love and self-discipline, a sound mind and wisdom in decision making. Sometimes we are, we are always confused on what to do next, right? In Colossians 1.9 it says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. God can fill us with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding which the Spirit gives, which the Spirit gives us. He is our counsellor and I pray that, you know, we will allow the Spirit to work in our lives, counselling us, giving us hope, giving us strength and confidence. And, you know, God has planted this uh, Holy Spirit in us as an evidence that He loves us. Why else would someone be with us perpetually, forever, always? It's a reassurance that God loves us. And he has poured his love on us. The fact that we have the Holy Spirit is a reassurance that we are loved and we are in the beloved. And finally, the last point is the Holy Spirit unites the church. The Holy Spirit unites the church. And I'm not talking about just our church, just you know, between brothers and sisters here. But in the eternal, in the in the in the larger church, we all, as children of God, should be united in every effort in Ephesians 4 3 and 4 it says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit just as you are called to the one hope which you are called make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit every effort to keep yourself united in this see you know we all can come from various different churches. We may have friends from various different churches. We may have a uh, difference of opinion on church polity, right? How is the church to be governed? 
should we have seven elders five elders four elders no we should have one senior pastor and four deacons and their deacon board all that does not matter how is membership supposed to be done we should have a voting system no we need a majority only then a person can be allowed to come to the church this is god's church okay no problem that's your view no problem should we cover the emblems or not cover the emblems do you know there is fights in churches for this disunity disharmony among brothers and sisters when we are clearly called and commanded to have unity under the spirit under the spirit which brings us together you know none of all all of this matters how a church is governed how this happens how that happens what is important is we are all his children we are all his blood bought children we all united under that one spirit that is more important than anything else and brothers and sisters if if anyone is trying to cause disunity or disharmony can we step out and just say brother can we talk about something else there is no harm in you lovingly telling that brother or sister you know can we change the subject because i am sure this discussion is hurting the spirit of god which is within each one of us and you know what's funny when we go up and see our maker when we see our lord jesus he'll be like potta all this doesn't even matter you were both right doesn't matter how does this matter what mattered more to me is that you show love to one another that you be united and you stand together there is enough opposition out there in the church and you guys are fighting and bickering about should we cover this or not cover this doesn't matter as so my last last point and plea is i pray that each one of us will be united and stand firm together for his kingdom and for his church we pray that no one will cause divisions between any of the churches who all accept our lord jesus christ as their savior that is the only important thing the gospel is the only important thing so as a recap i leave those 10 points out there and i pray that you you all can quickly maybe discuss that in the groups and if there's any questions i'm free to answer them later or uh, you can walk up to me and you know all this is good but you know there's also a warning you know this is this is a wonderful acts of the holy spirit which the holy spirit will work in our life but you know all of this will not work if we grieve the holy spirit and this is a warning to each one of us do not grieve the holy spirit of god with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption you know he is holy and anything unholy in our life will cause him to be afflicted or hurt we are sealed by the holy spirit right and he has ownership over us and we owe our life to him and all he is asking is for us to be holy and set apart and it is the holy spirit's duty to 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 convict us of our sins to enable us to be holy and set apart undefiled until christ's return so i pray that we will not 
hurt the holy spirit that we will not suppress him because you know if we do suppress him and if we hurt him as we hurt any one of our our loved ones do you think they will be as responsive to us do you think they'll be still willing to help us still willing to 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 do so much for us yes they will still love us but you will see their involvement come down and that is what the holy spirit will also do right we cannot grieve the holy spirit or sorrow the holy spirit so if we want the holy spirit to act in our life let us not grieve the holy spirit and uh, and be truthful unto him so in the weeks to come we will go through uh, more um we will see more of the acts of the holy spirit um through the apostles in the weeks to come and uh, pray that uh, all of you are as excited as me on this series and uh, hope we learn much more in the days to come shall just close in prayer <coughs> lord and heavenly father we thank you lord for who you are lord we thank you lord that you are our lord god and master and we praise you lord that uh, you did not leave us alone lord lord god we thank you lord for sending the holy spirit to be in our lives the sending the holy spirit lord to testify to each one of us that we are loved that we are to be holy that we are to be set apart that we should flee from temptation and from sin we pray lord that each one of us will listen to the holy spirit lord through the word of god through um through the voice o lord that we will tell us pray lord that we will obey uh, everything o lord and we pray lord that you will not grieve the holy spirit in anything that we do we know o lord that you love us dearly and we pray o lord that we will be united as a church united uh, in our, um, our bodies with each other o lord to serve you to love you and to not cause any disunity or hate o lord We thank you Lord for this time and we ask for all of this in and through name of Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.